Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and Double Exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 104, Cyber Infiltration Hot Sheet, Preparing to GM a Cyber Heist. Recorded at Metatopia 2015. Presented by Shane Harsh, Tim Rodriguez, and Mark Richardson. Alright, so, what I'm going to do, the format of this, is I have a 65-slide PowerPoint presentation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, he's I have, not. <laughs> I have no, he's not. I have a succinct PowerPoint presentation that we're going to walk through. Oh, my God. 62. And uh, I'm going to stop, and we're going to discuss each slide. And uh, you guys are going to keep me honest and challenge me. So, yes. here we're going to talk about... Can we grab that door? Yeah, I got it. You no, can't. It's like working in control. It's like working in government already. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm hugging you. No, I'm hugging no, you. I'm so hacked. I got a song to I'll be helpful. I just social engineered you. That's right. Um, so, here we're talking about Cyber Infiltration Hot Sheet. This actually came out of the last uh, Cyber Heist session that we did last year at Metatopia, which is... Could we create like a worksheet that as a GM you could just sit down and go through when you're about to run a cyber heist of all the things that you really want to think about, right? Um, so the, to sum up last year's session, it was... A lot of PowerPoint slides. A lot of PowerPoint... Not a lot. Yeah, it was. No. All right. Well, more than most. Was it more than four? It was yes. more than four. Then it's more than most. Right. So, uh, but the summary of that is... Hacking works. So all the muckety-muck about rules and you know various complex subsystems of hacking, hacking basically either works or takes a lot of time. And then it works. That, that's basically how hacking works yeah. today. You can either do it immediately and achieve your objective, or you have to spend weeks or months subverting, subverting the target, and then you still succeed. Right? There's, there's basically very few targets, and those targets would not say that they are impregnable, but there are very few targets that are so difficult to hack that you, you, you can't succeed. So I have, I have one that you can't succeed on. What's that? It's an Apple II that's sitting in my closet, not plugged in. But does it? But does it have the critical datas that everybody wants? Sure. Well, no. Yes. It only has assume two. that it does. It, it, <laughs> assume yeah. that it does. It's man candy. Uh, yeah. It's, right. it's, it's right. got four hundred bytes. Yes, of, it's got <laughs> it's got four hundred bytes right. of storage. So why do people I've think I know to. what I'm talking about? I've got certifications. I've been involved in military intelligence for 25 years. Um, I have pieces of paper that people believe demonstrate that I know what I'm talking about, or just demonstrate that I'm really good at taking tests. One of the two. Right, I'll leave that for you to decide. I don't care. I work for RSA, uh, which is basically the largest security organization in the world. Um, and uh, their claim to fame is they basically invented commercial cryptography. If you have a bank account, you use my company's software. That's what it comes down to. Present reality, Bruce Schneier, this big security demagogue, a motivated, funded, skilled hacker will always get in. End of story. 
So when we think about games like Cyberpunk and Shadowrun that have all these fantastic subsystems, well, that's really kind of boring to a certain extent. Uh, but also it kind of reinforces that we really want to focus on the stuff that matters, the stuff that we care about, the stuff that moves the plot forward, right? And so as we dive into this, I wanted to just create a list of helpful terms. A hack is making something do what it was never intended to do. An attack is an action which causes harm or disruption to the target. So hackers, by definition, are not, not necessarily bad. Uh, vulnerability, weakness in the target that could be exploited, an exploit that is something that takes advantage of that vulnerability. A threat is intent, opportunity, capability. Threat actor is an individual enacting a threat. And the kill chain is a method of describing the phases of an attack. We pretty much covered this in the last session last year. Here's the awesome graphic of going through what is a model of an attack. And this is really defining a vocabulary. And, and this, is, this, is, this is no hyperbole. Until Lockheed Martin actually demonstrated what the cyber kill chain was, no one had ever done that. So we didn't have a way to describe how does a hack actually work, where are its points in time of execution. Um, and each stage is unique and is actionable. That's the critical component. So basically reconnaissance, you're looking, weaponization, you decide how you're going to attack, delivery, you actually attack, exploitation, you are successful and reap the harvest of that attack, installation, you're establishing your foothold, command and control, you know you now have control of the host, and then boom, you succeed. This process, just for present reality, this process typically takes a day or two. So that's really, when you, talk, when you look at like the, the successful hacks, whether it's at large retail chains or large banks or things like that, that's what they're up against. They have just a couple days to react to this. So when we break down the cyber kill chain on those elements, what action can we take? When can we detect? When can we deny? When can we disrupt? When can we de degrade? This is kind of a checklist to demonstrate all that. That's great. Exactly. Thank you, John, for that commentary. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me know when I can interrupt with a question. You can interrupt anytime. Isn't there a fundamental flaw in your premise because you eliminated the threat matrix based on Schneier's quote? Uh, no, no. Because the hacker can always get in. It isn't. It, it doesn't. Why would it matter if he's funded or not? So, if the hacker can always get in, the question is, when do you have an opportunity to disrupt him? Disrupt right. meaning stop the hacker? Yeah, to stop the hacker, right? So really, it's a reactionary process. It, it is absolutely a reactionary process. It, it is only a reactionary process. Your perimeter is relevant, but insufficient. So in this way, isn't this incredibly the obverse of the dealing with a wizard in a fantasy setting? Where the wizard is proactionary, and you are reacting to the wizard because he's casting... Yes. Code yeah. Of yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in, in the world of, I mean, you know, I mean, applying this especially to game terms, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I sort of think that there's really, like, there's sort of, there's two fundamental hacks in games. There's the Mission Impossible hack. Tonight we will break into the facilities, do all this crazy shit in the span of forty minutes. Right. And then there is the sneakers. We will subvert you over the course of several days of. Uh, you know, social, or weeks, mani or social mani or, of social manipulation, background checks, and other things until we have your passcodes and 
well, we have your passcodes and your username, so we don't actually need to break into your compound. We just go type, 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 and take over everything. Right. So the question is, does this occur to, at the speed of plot, or does it occur at the speed of action? Yeah. And the answer is yes. It can occur at both speeds, because both hacks actually exist in reality, right? But and, and, and the interesting thing is, from a defensive perspective, like if you look at it... Uh, it, it also, if you game it, like from a game perspective, a lot of times people are the attackers, like they're the hackers. But if you actually switch it around, uh, the defender is is it is reactionary. Like you mm-hmm. you you hope your security systems prevent your employees from giving out their own information in their day to day lives. If they do that, you hope that your secondary security systems will flag something for you that you can then send out. I mean, in a super cyberpunk way. Mm. Well, we flagged kind of where they are, so we could stop the hack, or we could just send a like a team of six people over there to murder everyone in that apartment complex. You know, um, you couldn't have given me a better segue. Yeah. I mean, the whole point. Good job, Mark. <laughs> uh, the whole point of this is to set up what is the context of the re- that reaction. Yeah. Right. Because ultimately, that's what, as a game master, this to a certain extent is a thought exercise. I'm creating a challenge for my players. I want this to fit in the context of my campaign setting. <laughs> and, and so if it's going to fit in the context of my campaign setting, I want those aspects to be relative to every other corporation or every other potential target within that setting. I want to set a baseline to say, these are the tough guys, these are the weak guys, these guys might be in the middle. So what is... What is the vocabulary? What are the statistics that I can associate with that? And fundamentally, how ready is your target? Right? What is the target's capacity to identify, contain, eradicate, recover, and learn? Now, these five stages are not pulled out of a hat. These five stages are the standard phases of incident response. So nothing new here. This is, this is standard operation. It's called ice reel in the, the lingo. There you go. Sorry, what? Ice, <laughs> <laughs> Ice reel. Ice reel? So how can the target respond? Yeah, sure. Identify. Uh, and you can actually get this if you look up uh, Ice reel. SANS Incident Response Handbook. You will find a PDF that describes these steps in detail. Where right? would one find such an item? <clears throat> uh, Google. Do a search for that. So SANS is an organization that's committed to cybersecurity and providing training for cybersecurity. And they put together these little handbooks and and PDFs. So these are good starting points. If you are running a cyberpunk campaign and you want to really get into it, these are actually relatively short-form PDFs, 10 pages or so, that you can read to get a sense of what you need to do because they're written for people who don't know what they need to do. So like... Now, my one of the things when I look at all of these, mm-hmm. you know, the cyber cyber warfare perspective of this, like when you look at that, a lot of what's going on is the exact same thing that happens if you have a group of people and you're trying to find someone who's a rat, and you you know you're hunting them down. You're like in the real world, you go through things, you go through their personal things, you find information about them, you figure out where they are, you figure out where they are. Once you figure out where they are, you show up at their house and you fucking kill them. Right. And what's interesting in the cyberpunk world is both the real world and the non-real world things can happen at the same time and usually in real time in the cyberpunk world Right. and so especially from a game design you're asking yourself is everything happening in the electronic world or is it some kind of mix in between? Is a mix know? of cyber and kinetic yeah. right? because they're two different domains of conflict yeah. um, 
So how can the target possibly respond? Fundamentally, they have to have an automated, intelligence-driven, and timely response. And, and without diving into the ridiculousness of this chart, which is not a chart I created, I appropriated. Um, Borrowed. He hacked it. Appropriated. Nice. Um, is if you're in the middle of a cyber heist, what are the bad guys going to do? Like from a plot perspective, are they going to show up to the van that's parked around the corner Right? What what are they going to do? And it's 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 all driven by those three things. How automated is their ability to respond? How much intelligence do they have about the moment? And how quickly can they do so? And all these fancy terms up there basically all drive to that point. Release incriminating emails online. But that absolutely blow the hell out of the van. Blow the hell out of the van. And so, what is ultimately going to drive their response? is what is at risk. You might view this from the adversaries, from the hacker's point of view, of what are you trying to get. But if, as a target, we adopt a defender's mindset and say, what could be stolen, typically it's data that's going to damage the brand, data that's going to negate an advantage, or data that's going to create an advantage which all map very easily to Fate Core actions. Well, just any game system. Right. I know. Fundamentally, right? Where's, all the, of where's, these... the, where's the Fate hack game? Like, this is all, these are all Fate actions that you do. Right. right, yeah, I mean, there's nothing special here. There's no special construct. And all of these things can be leveraged for profit, which comes down to story, mm-hmm. right? Not mechanics. Yeah. Um, and all of these are about getting a MacGuffin. Exactly, and and it's and when we're thinking from a target's perspective, it's all about what risk tolerance for these aligns with the company profile for regulatory and the regulatory environment. So, we're we're building towards where the hot sheet comes in. So, if we accept a business profile and without getting so deep into what does the target do and all this kind of stuff, we can think about it in terms of non-essential, essential, strategic, or critical. Right? You can generally classify any of your targets along those four points. And we're going to give that a score from zero to three. And then we're going to look at and say, okay, in addition to that, is what this business, what this target does, military or secret, top secret or beyond top secret? Right. This is, this is all the phrases that come to mind I'm not allowed to say. So beyond top secret. And then, how much budget do they have? Right? The Pentagon has an open budget. Whereas the Office of Personnel Management has a limited budget. Both are government environments. And I will just say, for the record, I received my letter from the Office of Personnel Management to say, oh, we're sorry, all your information, your entire... 10-year background check was released to foreign powers. You know, that, that letter. It was a fun letter to get. So it all comes down to budget and business profile. These are things, as a game master, that you can off, you know, just back of the napkin, you can decide, right? How critical is the business? Is what they're doing secret, top secret, beyond secret, and how much budget do they have? Once you can answer those questions, you add all those numbers together... And that is going to build a response capacity, right? And we're going to look at that number 
from zero to eight or more, and this goes to the when do the guys show up at the door with the guns? Yeah. Right. Um. So. On a zero to one, we're talking about non-essential businesses that don't have any critical data, right? The best thing they're going to do is log. From a gaming perspective, that's do, my office. Yeah, do what? Yeah, <laughs> do whatever you want. That's my office. Right, do whatever. You, there's no point in in role playing the hack because you're going to get in, and there's nothing they're going to do this to yeah. stop. Um, you. Unless your players are complete. Unless the characters your players are playing are completely incompetent. Right. This is not. This, this is not even. Right. In, in the You're going to leave at best a plot <coughs> footprint where but things you know, happen in the days day scale. Sure, maybe because they right. might track you down and figure out what's going on. Right. But I think most games occur in the investigate hours to minutes and uh, hours to minutes and seconds area. Exactly. That's when it gets interesting. So the investigate level is where there is going to be an act, active investigation against you, but it's not going to be something that's going to impact at the action level, right? And it's going to be something that's still going to take hours to, to, to fulminate. Um, when we get to 6-7, now we're talking about investigate and pursue, but we're talking about, you know, kind of traditional mundane resources. We're not talking about the types of resources that are, are necessarily going to knock down your door with automatic weapons and things like that. And you're going to have minutes. So when, when you are detected, your, your response time is going to be minutes. And this is minutes to find you, but that's a totally different thing as to timeline as to actually doing something about right, exactly. And well, so, we found you got hacked. We're being hacked from Paris. Well, this could take a while for us to get there. You right. Know? And then the then the bottom level is investigate and elite pursue, which also implies international you know yeah. response. And that's where you know they that's where the CIA that's, that's where the CIA calls up Interpol and says, "Hey, we got a problem." Yeah, or the GSG nine yeah. and GSG nine shows up five minutes later on your doorstep yeah. shooting guns, right? And and that's how it happens, right? Um, now your security profile that capacity could vary along these lines that we've already established reflect your ability to respond, right? The ability to prevent access, the ability to detect the ability to contain, and the ability to pursue. Now, if you want to add one layer of nuance to this, you can say, how mature is that response? Is it weak or is it strong? Is it very weak? Is it very strong? And depending on the system that you're within, you're working within, you could actually leverage that as a mechanic. Right to say, well, you've got you do have a baseline difficulty, but they have a very mature deny program or a very mature or a very immature detect program. No, and I and I think also like uh, to to gamify this a bit more. Like I think a lot of GMs tend to overreact with in terms of the defense that a corporation or something like this in a cyberpunk world has at its disposal. I mean, when we look at most parts of uh, I mean, like I work in the public service, and I, I mean, I don't trace. I, I mean, we leave our passwords on our desktop computers because they change them so often that we right. have to leave them there so we can remember how we log in. You know, so the I think that there is totally a great game space for haphazard sort of sloppy protections and how people get in there and, and all that stuff. Like, it doesn't have... Every time the players interface with hacking, it doesn't have to be going into Fort Knox. Right. Um, 
it, there can also be all sorts of interesting things that happen when you try when you come at that door with a giant battering ram and it just you you didn't even bother to check if it was unlocked, right. you know. And maybe there's a consequence for always hitting it with the, with the battering ram, you know. So and and the you know the objective with this session is not necessarily to define what an entire you know cyberpunk infiltration mm-hmm. might look like, but to establish what the profile of the target yeah, is, like a right? concept, right? So conceptually, we've got strategico, right? And its base profile is it does strategic things. They might do, this could be a car manufacturer or something along those lines. Something that's strategically important to the, the, to the country or the region, but isn't necessarily <coughs> producing something that is critical, like providing power to an entire city or something of that nature. And then confidentiality, well, they're, they're working on, you know, while they might have their consumer-grade vehicles, they also have military. Think General Motors, right? They make tanks. They make military-grade vehicles. There are things that they do that are of critical, of, of quasi-critical or at least secret military importance. And then from a budget perspective, they have money. It's not an open budget. They don't have unlimited money, but they have money. And so we add all these things together, and that gives us the value of six. So what is our baseline here? A zero to 10 difficulty, right? We're just saying that 10 is the most difficult, the most secure, the most you know, ridiculously defended organization, and a zero is a walk in the park, right? I think as decimal individuals, we can relate to this. Well, and zero. also you can take a zero to, six, zero to 10 modifier and twist that into any game system imaginable. Exactly. I, mean, like, I think what you're going for here is by throwing some numbers on general difficulties, which we can all understand, you're saying, hey, here's a sort of a simple toolkit where you can look at right. it and go, uh, is it a government institution? Do they have military secrets? Do they have money? No. Okay. They are like an NGO. Um, right. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. They're a four. So a four would be, you know, uh, you know a two in fake core or a five and whatever and this and that and it gives you some sense for giving like to to break that range down so that for when people are playing in various games like you want to have like a degree of opposition right if everything is always Fort Knox A it's really fucking hard to get anything done but there may be another way like the other way might be okay well uh, uh, you know Strategico is really uh, six is too hard for us to get into but they have a subsidiary right. in, in, in Germany that's a 5 or a 4. We could totally hack into their server and get some IDs that we could then take back to Strategic. Right. So now you've created a sub-adventure where they have to travel around the world, right. steal some information because it'll be slightly easier to hack, get that information, and then go back to where they were originally going. And, and so for your own campaign, the idea is I'm going to create some structure around your ability to evaluate your targets and know... Wow, the, you know this company really would be really, really, really hard. That's fine. I'm going to leave that objective evaluation. But like you said, I'm then going to create a plot back yeah. door. Great advantage, right? Against Strategico, exactly. And then, um, as 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 I implied back here, in terms of maturity and also spreading kind of your security profile, the example that I give here is I take two points out of Deceive and I move it over to deny. This company is focused on blocking, not so much on on tackling, right? And then we talk about maturity of pluses and minuses. If you're playing fate, mm-hmm. a plus might re- reflect an aspect. Yeah. Not only do I have deny, but 
I have an active rock star core, right? That is that is absolutely looking for trouble and responding to things that happen. You know, there there are narratives that you can build around these pluses or minuses to reflect their strengths or weaknesses. And so, fundamentally, now you could even have two strategicos that might have different sub-profiles if you care. If you don't care, it's got a rating of six. Yeah, now right? the only thing that's technically maybe missing from here from a cyberpunk perspective mm-hmm. is, like in, or, or in general, like at least in, in, in our world where we have a government and theoretically security protocols are in place upon them, those private companies are protecting their own interests Possibly, maybe doing some deceptions, but mostly just protecting their own interests. Right. If you if you flash into the you know dystopian cyberpunk future, there's probably a, a, a fifth stat in there of attack, you know, or of them, you know, using their own corporate their their various resources to directly do unto others. Right. You know? Well, um, I mean, yeah. So, so you're so talking I'm, about I'm just twisting it a bit. So you're, ta- you're talking about like a kinetic value. Yeah, I'm just saying strate- when Strategico decides to go against the competition. Right, right. Yeah, you absolutely could add a kinetic kinetic uh, variance there that's denied it's detect. More a, that's more of a GM tool, or um, even you know add a fifth one damage. Right. Yeah. If you're trying to keep with these, right. Yeah. Right. And and then you can spread that six out and decide how they uh, want. It's just yeah. a side thing. Yeah. And again, it's it's a framework. It's I meant spent, to start I a conversation. I spent far too much time in the last <coughs> couple of years thinking about terrible places for everything. Yeah. So, and this is really cool though. I you, like this. You know, this this is something that you can fit on a three by five card. You know, I've got a blank one. It's almost like you did this for a game. I know it's crazy. The, the game might be called Nova Six. I don't know. Yeah, Nova no, Punk. Who knows? Right. You but guys don't sit around and do this at the company. <laughs> he does. Uh, he I does. do. <laughs> I do. No, I mean, this looks like you could have used it for a lot more than just the game here. So there are. You could summarize shit for a company meeting for sure. There, there, for for the materials that RSA produces, there are a lot of elements of this. I'm happy to share one with these. You know, one, one, you know, a few of those. But th- this is actually how we think of things, right? Yeah. We think about a company's business risk profile, which is driven, which is then ultimately going to drive how much risk. How much money they have? You assign a number and about. It's like insurers do this. Uh, it's your, very your actuarial. When, sure. you're, when you when you, you know you know when you go to buy mutual funds and they do an interview with you yep. on or how much risk do you have, how much money do you have, what do you want to do, what are your long term goals, and then they fill us all down to a number that they look at a chart and go, oh well, you're a five, and a five means you're going. We're going to take this much money out of you over the next ten years. You know, the, I, mean, I mean, this is absolutely a simplification, and what it doesn't factor in, which is wonderful nuance is the personalities involved with making those decisions, right? I could have a fantastic CISO that totally gets it and is totally politically savvy and can get all the money they want working for the right company, and then I can have a complete tool, right, who has no idea what they're actually doing. They're basically just hoping that, you know, the the biggest name company that is willing to do it for the cheapest price is going to come in and sell them some snake oil, because they're just building their career to move on yeah. in three years anyway. and maybe and maybe the best thing the party can do as a group of adventurers is roofie the assistant you know the night before right because maybe he's a ball in his game but he's got a weak eye for the ladies so you manipulate him and screw him over and that's the night that you did your hack and, and I actually and that's how you circumvent the massive security that Sikoro or and I even point out hacks. here in the slide prevent access could split further into digital and social yeah. 
Because I will tell you that the majority of hacks went over primarily through social means, not direct digital means. And to, to be honest, it would be... Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of a game that explicitly does this, but I, I, I can't. Like, there, there's a really neat RPG space for... You are not the hackers. Like you, you have the amazing hack team, but like you are the social. Like you, you are the people who are sent in to, like you're the the, the honeypots and the whatnot that are, they're there to get information. Out. You're Paul and Newman he, with yeah. his sneakers. Yeah, team. and and yeah, you're Paul Newman with his sneakers team. And once you get that critical information, Redford. they need or Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah. but once you get same that, guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm same guy. Same Thank guy. you. Same, same guy. But once you get that information that your team needs, you mm-hmm. submit it, and then the hack happens. And depending on it, the success of your social. Attack, right? You, you like it would be neat to do that. I think. I don't yeah, know. I mean, the important point is trying to create a framework with a taxonomy For that 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 a game master can go. Yes, I can. I can. I'm so into this. I'm going to break things down at you know at this level, or I'm going to back off. I'm going to do it at a very high level plot level. But at least I've got somewhere to start. Well, also, it's like having a rationale behind things. Yeah. Like, as a GM, it's you, or as a GM or a player, like you want to be internally consistent with what goes on in, in the game world. If they, right. you know, if you're hacking, there should be a difference between hacking, uh, I don't know, Geico and, and hacking, uh, you know, um, I don't know, uh, USGS, USGS or something like that. Or I cannot also, comment on that. Yeah, or, or 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 like you know, a difference with hacking like uh, you know Blackwater or something right. like that. Right. You know, I mean, some people are going to be much more paranoid about what they have. Because of what they have, right? Absolutely, know? and that—that's what this is supposed to start you thinking about. It's—it's it's really just to start a conversation. Yeah, I know. And, and then I think like you can flow from that. Like, there's a great place uh, in the human world of you know people are not perfect. Sometimes they're incompetent. You know, I mean, um, like the like what you give the they have you know government has a lot of money. Uh, they have a lot of people, but they're also uh, very siloed, very. Uh, bureaucratic so like government is a much more you're much more likely in a hacking situation that you get hacked some people know but they're looking into it and it's like no one really the it becomes a notice that then leads out to another thing so it might take like a week for something to actually happen there's a bureaucracy that you can exploit yeah exactly right Right? there are procedures that are really pretty well documented and if you can sort of like fit into the loopholes in those procedures right like you just own it yeah when you when you look at the target hack right the target hack is a fantastic example right and in in summary um a a threat actor leveraged an exploit that existed within the point of sale system the target team was aware of this. There were bells and whistles blowing. And as these alerts percolated up, it was senior management that said, fuck, it's November. We're not going to disrupt sales. Yeah. Right? We're just going to keep going. <clears throat> We're just going to keep going. Lo and behold, I can pretty much tell you that the profits that Target made on that holiday sales season were completely eaten by the $190 million they've spent to mitigate the damage caused by that breach, right? So that was the wrong management decision to make. When we step back and we think about this from the player, hacker, you know, cyber infiltration mm-hmm. team, you that was a success long ago. I mean, those guys are in, they've gotten what they wanted, they're out the door. We really could care less yeah, about... Two, two months later, like... 
whatever corporate companies spending hundreds of millions of dollars to figure out what the fuck happened right. and re-examine their entire infrastructure. You're like, whatever, we're doing something else. Which goes back to the Bruce Snyder comment yeah. that hackers are going to get in and they're going to win. Also, did we mention that uh, after Target was trying to figure out all their shit, uh, our private company was hired. We, we even hacked them and then they hired us to fix their problem. Right. But now we know how we fix their problem, so we're doing the hacky game so, in six months. You know? So I mean, what we're trying to set up here is to help you establish what Sorry, is your base... I'm just being terrible. <laughs> no, I like that. I what, like what, that. Is, what is your you're, baseline you're difficulty like to start with yeah. so that you can have that conversation with your players at the table? So that's it. There's honestly... There's really not a lot of magic here. It's just putting together some very simple elements. Uh, questions? This will be on legendsmiths.com. This will absolutely be on Legendsmiths. And uh, and the recording will actually be available through Metatopia. So the recording of this to reference, um, and I'll give them all the stuff and things, and I'll put the blank form out there for you to do. And when Nova Punk goes to pub- publication, you'll probably see a slightly more in-depth version of this but ultimately this is going to be the core you were in the nova 6 conversation earlier you can clearly see these numbers line up to what i was talking nova about 6 is, is cortex right no nova 6 is uh is a legend smith's original fusion oh, okay. of okay. of fate okay and hero system oh, okay nerd <laughs> Drink. <laughs> so 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 it's it's drunken crunch. All right. It's drunken crunch. Yep. It's narrative simulationism. That, yeah. that was my no, no, whole exactly. talk. Is no, that makes sense. This is a word you made up. Uh... Yeah, it's a word I made up, but I completely own it and I can defend it. Yeah, like I mean, I, I I'm think... asking you to define. Oh, oh, define narrative simulationism. Well, he's got another presentation. I do have another presentation. It's like a thirty-deck yeah, no, presentation. What's the tweet? Yeah, yeah. So the tweet <laughs> is. Nice. Tweet of it. I like that. Say the word. What's right. the tweet of it? Narrativism is being primarily driven by story rather than mechanics. Simulation is capturing all the elements of influence mechanically. Right. So they're necessarily juxtaposed. So if we were to talk about a simulationist game, it's a game that accounts for everything. I want to know what is the brand of firewall that's protecting this company? What is the nature of their (laughs) monitoring system, right? To get down into the nitty-gritty of the gear porn associated with the cyber defense. The narrative element is, are they defended or, or aren't they? Is this important to the plot or isn't it, right? And to basically trying to find a happy medium there where we can run something that satisfi- satisfies the simulationist player that wants want, options. That doesn't want to be offended by the narrative choices that you want to make. So it's simulationism that moves at the speed of plot, right? That moves at the speed Which of Which is, I think, I think that's a, a constant tug of war that's occurred in, in, in RPGs. For a long time, and most, like, I mean, and through the 90, like, 80s and 90s, it was a tug-of-war that went one extreme or the other. Right. You either had simulationism, or you had, narr- like, you would have, like, frickin' uh, Amber, right. or, you, or you would have Hero System. Exactly. Right? You know, and they are diametrically opposed. And, I mean, right. I think these days people are more like, well, how could I sort of bridge some of these two together? Because right. I don't think they're mutually distinct... The people who enjoy Hero System also enjoy Amber. The people who enjoy Amber also yes. enjoy Hero System. And there's a really wonderful place in between where we can appreciate some complexity in our decisions and right. what's going on and the narrative choices we make. Exactly. Um, and 
I mean, that's certainly the, the tricky thing with anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, and uh, how do you do that in a way that doesn't get in your way as players or a game master? Yeah, but then satisfies that simulationist itch of capturing all of the elements that are yeah. relevant, but then moves the game forward without you know, like. I need to look up this chart. We need to roll on this subsystem. We need to step outside for half an hour while I work with you yeah. on the cyber heist while everyone else sits and twiddles their thumbs. Yeah, like, see, we don't like, want to do that. Like in my game design, anything that would happen in this realm would be in the seconds. Like it's mm-hmm. very instantaneous. Like it's the I launch an attack program and do like you're hacking it. You're, you're you know physically doing something, but of course it's also crazy high future tech. Seventy right. years into the future, so. The, it starts to blur the lines between what happens there and like because in in modern world they can detect you, in, let's say in seconds. In the cyberpunk world, if they can detect you in seconds, maybe they launch an attack program that fries your brain like an egg. You know, so suddenly being detected in seconds is kind of actually important. Right. You know, um, but uh, I no, I think it's it's all sorts of food for thought that's really cool to think about. I mean, one of the things that I think is really fascinating from a GM perspective is creating. Uh, an insurmountable cyber infiltration roadblock to the party that can only be that instead of them saying oh fuck we give up them going oh but we could do this thing in the real world that would get us an edge in the electronic world so we're going to go do this as another adventure then we're going to come back and kick some ass exactly Um, and I I think that's a really interesting tool for uh, like just you know, a extending out creating story, and also like things that lead to other things, and you know, like hacking one person to do another thing. Um, you know, in fake and, terms, and you're talking about creating a plot level yeah. advantage as opposed to an action level. It, advantage. It's, it's the difference between you know a lot of you know like oh well that guy's paranoid and he kept everything on printed media that he kept in a safe. Okay, well let's break into his fucking house. You know, exactly. And so then you have a so tonight's adventure is breaking into the old paranoid spook. Spook's house, but of course, you know, uh, you treat, you know, you trigger a silent alarm because he's all super old school shit. But he has high tech friends who show up to fucking kick some ass, right. you know. So you get the files, and you end up in a terrible gun battle, you know, in you know uh, an alleyway in Paris, and you're bleeding away, and you got. Anyway, I'm just making shit up now, but I'm well, having that's fun. That's about so. three movies. I... <laughs> exactly. This is every movie you've ever seen, right? That's the whole point. So, I mean, all, yeah, again, this is just a framework to start a conversation yeah. to lead you down those dark Absolutely. alleys that Mark fair, seems to be wandering. No, I'm fairly certain everything that happens in the real world at RSA or whatever is probably pretty fucking boring. You know, like, well, we got a flag. Oh, okay, we give it up to management. There yeah. you go. Yeah, cool thing. Every now and then something exciting pops, but you're yeah, right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's all set. Any other questions? All right. So, um, better hacker, Angelina Jolie or R2-D2? Angelina Jolie. Yeah, because she looks better doing it. <laughs> that's not where I was going with that. <laughs> that yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Angelina Jolie is real? R2-D2 is a robot? They're equally as real. R2-D2 is a robot. It's weird. So is Angelina Jolie. But, but, but Shane, what's your, but Shane, what's your hacker name? What's my hacker name? Shane, what's your hacker name? Your call sign. I have two. Tech Head and Mud Pirate. Wait, what? He asked me, he asked me what my handle was. I have two, because I live a double life. Actually, a triple life. Uh, we Tech Head and Mud Pirate. I'm still angry at my moment of poor decision filling out my PSN ID and, and going, Oh, fuck. Well, I could have just capitalized something. Instead, I put the years of my fucking birth in my name. So, you know, there Sucker. I go. Sucker. 
Maple Eater 9244. That's your oh, one. I'm half point half seventy seventy seven. I'm in half point seventy seven. It's weird. I don't even. Pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, background on on this talk. If any of you guys have any questions about this, feel free to contact me. Uh, I love talking cyber defense ad nauseum. Uh, often better over whiskey. Uh, but I do travel around the country and do a lot of different shows, non-gamer shows, talking about cyber defense. Uh, and if you're really, really interested in it, you need to go to a hacker con. You will find... Leave a, your phone at home. Leave your phone at home. Uh, you will find a leave lot everything of... Leave anything electronic at home. Leave your Fitbit at home. <laughs> leave your Fitbit at home. Leave your Fitbit at home. <laughs> you look down like, a goat? What the hell does that mean? Take ca- take cash out of your bank and then but go. they I mean from a cultural perspective they're they're fantastic they're often regional or just you know go to Vegas go to Defcon dive in it's fantastic it's a lot of similar culture to gamers uh, but you're kind of pursuing a different thing and you can kind of see how some of these real world hacks actually work so if you're definitely into cyber infiltration that's a great place to get exposed. Uh, to that culture, and they're very, you know, like Metatopia, like gamers, they're very open and welcoming to people who don't normally participate in that culture. And we're curious. Yeah, you know. yeah, and you know, the thing about DEFCON is there are international diehard black hats there, there are gray hats, there are white hats. That might mean bad guy... Good guy, neutral guy, but it really depends on your persuasion. But they're you know they're all there. The feds are there. Uh, fucking mounties show up. Uh, you know they the mounties actually do active recruiting at DefCon. Uh, they have a they have a pretty aggressive cyber defense program. Um, we went to Canada, but we have, we have our summer of our ship together. I know, I know. Seriously. It's a little weird. Like some <laughs> of our shit is really fucking good. Yeah, CSIS doesn't. You don't fuck around with CSIS, and you know, it's just Canada. weird when like you know the red uniforms we might have 30 with the big brim people. hats yeah, are like walking around DefCon. We might no, have they're all yeah. We might cover. have forty million people, but you know we spent stupid amounts of money on some of this shit. So, no. so anyway, thank you I, for yeah. everything. Thank thank you for coming. Thanks, guys. Yeah, for, no problem. For, it's nice. It lasts better. Last time I was on the other side, I, this is fascinating. This is like an evolution for me. It is. Next year, it will be two slides longer. It'll be two yeah. slides more. I don't, I don't know what else I can do at this it'll point. Be, yeah. It'll be eight slides shorter. Eight slides shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just do the thing I you, said. You, that, that's you, did, you did trim it, trim it down. I did trim it down. Yeah. So here's a shameless RSA plug. Be the hunter, not the hunted. This actually is from our current marketing campaign. Is that campaign. your actual logo for us cyber defense thing? That, that's the company? Psst, psst. Is so nerds. That that that, that uh, uh, the cat is actually eCat, which is one of our. That's, uh, that's the little scanner that came in with wired, right? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, no, that, that's actually our our endpoint, our endpoint compromise assessment tool, eCat. It's a that, scanner. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a little barcode scanner. You, <laughs> when you, when you point hot, it at your computer, your computer and it hot, says a barcode comes up, hot. and you're like, "Oh, scan it." Tammy, you, the, they oh, put it no, in the back damn. of the head of the employee and scan the barcode they, they <laughs> implant on them. Well, see, then you throw the scanner, and then it becomes a giant hamburger. Yeah, and then you go. Oh, it makes I a giant <laughs> yeah. Sound wave yeah. shows up as well. What would so. you see in that? Uh, compromise. compromise, enterprise compromise assessment tool.